Hey, this is Chris. On behalf of myself and everyone from Plan A, we wish that everyone had a Merry Christmas and an upcoming Happy New Year. Some people have been asking where I've been. I'm still around. Um, I'm doing a lot of writing on Substack these days, though. Salieri Redemption. The link will be in the episode description. Uh, it's free to subscribe, so uh, if you haven't subscribed yet, would really appreciate your support. Most of the writing is, you know, thematically similar to what I've done for Plan A, uh, also expanding to other areas like literary and cultural criticism beyond Asian American issues. Um, I had a pretty good Christmas. I set my oven on fire, but everything is cool. Food turned out great, except for the Yorkshire pudding, which caused the fire. Rest in peace to that. Uh, so Tina and I, we record this episode. And, you know, in the last few days of this year, we hope it entertains you, maybe even enlightens you somewhat. And we'll see you in the new year. Thank you for your support. Escape from Plan A. Escape from Plan A. Uh, this week, uh, Chris, it's been a while, man. <laughs> since it's since the, you it's the return, the, <laughs> the return of Oxford Condo and Seventy Eight Five Alive. <laughs> yeah, like the good old days. Yeah, exactly. I was like, damn, I don't even remember the when the last time we you did a pod with we did a pod together was, but you've been. I think it must have been related to the. Uh, I'm not an activist, so probably sometime this summer. Yeah, yeah. So months. And, uh, and then your name came up, uh, in like one of the recent pods that I did with Philip where yes, I listened to that and then I was like, Hey, and then, and then I reached out to you when you, when you listened to that. No, I think I, I think that you were back just when I got back. Oh, okay. And, uh, yeah. Cause like in Korea, it was hard for me to even listen to pods cause I don't, I, you know, I only have. I don't get data there, so I, I wouldn't have to do it at home. And you know when you're at home, you don't really listen to podcasts. You always listen to it when you're out wait, and wait, about. Wait, wait, or... wait, wait, hold on. Let me stop you there. Wait, for, so you were there for three weeks, right? Yeah. You didn't just get yourself a SIM card? or No. Really? Why is that? Yeah. Because my mom's too cheap, and then she won't let us get those. Cause she, and she's kind of right uh, mm-hmm. now, that I, now that I've experienced it. Because like, especially in Korea, almost anywhere you go, you probably, especially if you're constantly taking the metro, You'll always have internet here and there, and we could just, you know, borrow her phone. And it's not like we know enough people to be like, we gotta send these uh, texts that you know our moms can't see. You know, that's that, that's not really. We just need to use the map once in a while. Wow. So. Okay. All right. Um. Yeah. So we, you know, I, I was just telling Philip. You, I mean, as you recall, that kind of where my head was at about, you know, like all the. I think we were just kind of talking about all the like all Asian online stuff that was going on that sort of preoccupied us for years, I would say. And mm-hmm. then sort of looking back on that stuff now where, you know, he's having, or he's had a, his, his, he has a daughter now, he has a baby and sort of his, his perspective on it. And, and then I was giving him my perspective on it. And then he said, yeah, that actually kind of aligns a lot with what you you and uh, Philip have been kind of talking about, which was, was very interesting to me because I'm like, well, I, if so, I think we arrived at those conclusions independently. 
Right. Uh, and, you know, Philip and I, we're, we're very close in age. Uh, he's obviously in a kind of different life stage now. He's, a, you know, he was, he's been married for a few years. He now has a child and everything. But, you know, he, we, he and I, like, we're a similar age. We kind of have similar interest in, you know, kind of like certain social circles. And we, we've made a lot of, like, similar observations over the years. I mean, same with you as well. But but he and I uh, do have that thing in common, and you know we're both in Canada and things like that. Uh, so you know we're, we're always like talking, and I think the thing that we, you know, we don't know the answers ourselves, so we're constantly speculating is how much of what we think has changed in you know what we see in our culture is because we've gotten older, we've had you know more experience, etc., or has actually the external world change like is the change internal or external and i can't quite tell i can't like confidently say confidently say one way or another but i'm pretty sure like i've changed um but does that mean um i'm no longer seeing things that are still there because i have blinders on or you know like say you know as you were saying in that part a lot of things that animate at plan a you know things like media rep or you know the gender stuff or um, you know, the kind of like anchor at like the, the, the boba lives and the blue checks and all that. Like, is that a product of that time uh, and, and sort of like the more recent past or it, has it just simply migrated elsewhere and we just don't see it anymore or it's just like not as relevant to us anymore. So it's like, you know, we just don't see it. And I, I don't honestly know. I mean, well, okay. Like starting from what you said last and and going back in terms of relevance, I mean, I don't think it was ever particularly relevant to me. Uh, you know, like the online arguments, it, it wasn't like, it, you know, I had a particular stake in all these gender, uh, you know, these gender fights or whatever in my personal life or anything. Uh, but there was, there was something, I, I think it was more just like, I feel like there's just a lot of lies being told, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, I told Philip, like, you know, I, I think in, in terms of like why I uh, seem, I, I mean, I don't know if I have, I don't know if closure is the right word. Cause that, that implies that I was like really, really struggling with this, but more so like my curiosity about it has waned my interest in it has waned. And it's not because I don't think it's relevant anymore because it was never relevant. It was more that I started to understand that it was part of a much bigger picture that, uh, you know, this was not unique. Like the thing, the pattern, like the things that were, uh, that were causing a lot of these fights and arguments and stuff were not petty like that. And that was the thing. It was very validating in a way because, like, yeah, we had spent a lot of time thinking about this stuff, and there were often times where I was like, "This is just could this just be stupid, like pointless?" And you know, mm-hmm. uh, these are just sort of um, uh, residual insecurities from or or sensitivities from when I was younger or whatever. But I didn't. I honestly didn't feel like I, I didn't really believe that that was what my interest, the root of the, my interest. And then later I realized, like, oh yeah, there's this like broad based culture war or something i don't know what it what it is but it's a broad-based culture war that has a lot of class elements and it gets racialized if it you know in form and then each 
you know, and, and then I, I, and then I see some of our friends like Q and stuff arguing with other people on black Twitter. And it's like, Whoa, this is a throwback to Asian Twitter. Like, you know, it's the same, same thing. I, I think that that was a big insight for me. And instead of making me feel like, Oh, you know, we were focusing on very trivial, minor, stupid things that, uh, you know, people shouldn't waste their time on. I kind of felt like, Oh yeah, I, I think I got some answers to this. I kind of see like, Oh, we were having our experience of a much bigger phenomenon and we thought it was just ours but it wasn't so i don't know if that makes sense but no no i, I think that makes sense i i mean i felt this, i felt the same way but i will also say it was very deeply personal to me because like yeah you have the the big level uh kind of way it impacts everyone across race across um you know whatever class or, or whatever and it is you know the the little things we see in our our day to day lives uh, is all part of that, and to recognize it is part of a, a greater fight or whatever uh, lets you feel you're not as isolated or petty or selfish as you might have once feared you are. But also um, on that day to day level, it, it does uh, affect you, and it's like as I said, this yeah, is... like especially like you you try to publish stuff and and you know, the electric well, thing like... and all that stuff. Right, right. So that is, I'll get to that later. But even on a more deeply personal level, just things like, okay, when, often when we talk about the gender stuff, it gets to dating, just things like me, or not even dating, just even like making friends. Like what is, what is like our place? When I say our, I would say like, like a straight Asian American guy. Like what is our place in this society? And if, if I'm getting the message that there is really no place for you, that all you Asians, we don't really want you. The only Asians we really like are like, you know, WMAF types. That does impact me. And that there's like a whole lifelong baggage I'm bringing, you know, being told that message time and time again. Uh, and it's like, yeah, that does affect me at a personal level. If that, and, if you feel that that has changed, I would offer that I think that in fact the social situation in the world has kind of shifted. It's changed. I think that no, no. See, I definitely agree. Yeah. I think, um, but see, it's like I only can know my own perspective. Especially, I don't know what, let's say, like a thirteen-year-old right now is going on. So I hesitate to to make like sweeping judgment. But I can I can tell it's not just me because if it's just me, I mean, it's like. I'm not that delusional, you know. I cannot shut out the rest of the world that ably. So I mean, you're I, actively trying to benchmark the situation, but I think that uh, I think your assessment is probably correct because it, it, it's so clearly the case that there's shifts in culture going on, major shifts in culture, and it's not like, and it's it, it's it would be surprising if the situation for uh, us. Uh, Asian guys just stayed the same, <laughs> you know. Whereas yeah. it was shifting for everyone, and and um, there's a backlash I get. I think against this sort of liberal elite culture that did have a very, uh, you know, the this so-called WMAF culture or whatever. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of that has been. Um, it's 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 been subject to a kind of backlash that is much broader than just WMAF itself, but yeah, it's and you more know, root, and it's a lot more people than just Asian guys. 
No, no. Did you? Did I mean? I'm sure you've heard the the thing with the Michelle Wu, uh, electeds of color, <laughs> uh, mm, yeah. mini scandal going on. Yeah, yeah. The thing was, I, you know, like I, I still like to, you know, go through that kind of Asian male red and all that. You know, if only just for kind of like entertainment. I did not even really see. In fact, I saw more, and I'm sure these are white guys. They're kind of like conservative, anti woke guys. They got more mad about that than like guys on Asian identity. I mean, you like say this was five yeah, I years ago. The this, same thing. this would have been, uh, you know, the fucking Jen Fangs and the Frankie Huangs and the Celeste Ings going at it with, uh, you know, Al Her. And I mean, we'd be in the thick of it too, uh, and and all that. But I, I unless it's some on some internet space that I, I'm no, I have no familiarity with. Um, you know, I, I did not see that. I saw it more coming up in the, as I said, these kind of more white dominated anti woke spaces, and. and and it struck me as odd because you would think on one hand they would be more okay with this because in the end, like these, you know, I bet at least half the these POCs are, are bringing their, their white spouses along. So, you know, it's not like, I mean, they say they're anti-white. They're not really anti-white. It's it's like they're like half, you know, at least half is performative. But they're, they're so mad about it. And it's very fascinating to watch because it's like, you mean these anti-woke anti white guys? Yeah, it's like, why are you so yeah. mad about well, this? Well, you know, because... I, here's the thing. I don't think that they're mad. I think that they just saw this as a gotcha bitch moment where they were like, ah, this is like the perfect, you know, gotcha moment where we can act like we're mad. But I, I don't really think that they were upset about it the same way that, like, uh, you know, online Asian guys would get upset about, you know, being, you know, being whatever lectured to by a gen fan well, i i think they are mad but obviously not in the same way as like a, a an asian like an angry asian guy would but i think they are seeing that that they are being disdained at, at a somewhat comparable level because if you are like like kind of like a chuddy kind of guy you're not you're not being invited as a plus one even to yeah, to any of these parties I, I, I think it's more i mean i it depends on what we saw but i, I mean i saw similar tweets by by sort of anti-woke white accounts on twitter and they just seemed to you know it was kind of like they were taunting the woke crowd by saying uh you know it's so fake you know this is so fake it's like another uh you know woman of poc woman uh politician do, doing this performative woke shit and then look at, at the end of the day she's her husband's white i mean this is all bullshit was was sort of the it was sort of like a impeachment. Like I, I just didn't see the the, the same. It, it it just totally was a diff, of a different kind of of uh, backlash against this. Whereas I think with, and I still saw some Asian male accounts like get you know go after Michelle Wu, which I thought was pointless. Personally, I was like I I don't I don't really this is not even a a story if you ask me. Like this is just dumb. This is the New York Post, you know. Uh, being opportunistic and, and sleazy, but you know, I, I I feel like the the grievance that they bring is of a to like you said, it's I think it's of a totally different nature. Right, but there is a, a, like a common thread of anger, and it, it is like ultimately the anger of being looked down upon by a group that you see as plainly hypocritical, and to see that uniting. The, again, these, there's like various weird factions. Uh, I mean, on one end, it is somewhat encouraging in that, you know, it, this is like the flip side of, you know, you have a friend like you, you see, can see the things you see. But sometimes it's also, 
enlightening to see your enemies seeing the same things you see it just to you know validate uh your your own uh, perspective and everything so i found that very interesting and um i forgot how we started talking about this but yeah i think that's evidence of just the this the, the greater backlash uh against what once seemed like such a like everybody was on one side and it was just us. Well, I don't know, like like us Asian guys on one side. Nobody, we had no allies, completely cornered. And and actually that that brings me to something I want to talk about, about just like the things that we thought, or at least especially me, things that I was like so nervous to like say. And, you know, eventually, I think I, I said them anyway, but like, like, I remember shortly after I uh, broke up with, with basically the girlfriend that I had for when we like started Plan A and then we went out for a couple of years. And and after we broke up, I and it, so she had seen the, the kind of birth of Plan A and all, all the things we went through and all that. So I knew like, I knew she knew what we were all about. And, you know, Plan A was, and, you know, it's still a big part of my life. So it's like, okay, whoever I date next, I, I can't like exactly hide this from them. Uh, yet on the other hand, based on all this stuff I've been through, I don't know if this will be, I don't even know how it would be received. And now that I look back at it, I laugh at it because I was like, what was I so skittish about? It was only after, you know, I, I would kind of like tell this somebody I was dating, um, you know, of, of all races. And he's like, you know, so it's like, so I'm, and, and they're, they're all, they all respond positively to it. And whereas before I thought, oh my God, does this make me like some disgusting, uh, unlikable, hideous, you know, you know, all the names they called us. And, and when you, when you're kind of like more inexperienced, younger, you actually believe it. And then, you know, you live life and then you realize, Hey, you know what? Like a lot of people, I mean, a lot of people might not agree with it, but a lot of people do. And I'll stand with the people who do. So that's another reason where I'm like, okay, is it is it just like like an internal change or an external change? That's another thing that, you know, I can't quite tell because it's like, am I am I just like more, you know, confident about it now? I mean, there's like I, I have the Substack and I write stuff on it that I th- I think is like way you know so called worse than anything I ever wrote for Plan A in terms of saying stuff about, you know, like Asian American like gender relations and all that. Uh, you know, nobody's attacking me now, and that's so. It, it's yeah, though, I mean, I you think it's, that feeling where you, where you look back like five years ago and be like, wow, we were we were so like a cagey when we when we didn't need to be. I never felt cagey. I, I always felt like I um, maybe I was just like too uh, like socially uh, blind to care. <laughs> So I just never cared. I was like, you know, whatever. I'll, I'll. And that's true. You, you were the among us, the the one who cared the least. Yes, I, I, like I said, I never felt like I had anything at stake. I was like, this. To me, I'm just like, uh, what the fuck are these crazy people talking about? You know, I was like, I just want to. I, I, I just felt like I had some aggression that I wanted to take out on someone that like deserved it, <laughs> and <laughs> you know, and then I, I, I just got irritated at how you know I, things i did take personally was when they just attacked asian men you know mm-hmm. or chinese men and they just said categorical things that i'm like look if we lived 
in a, in a, if you were known to be a fucking racist shithead, like, okay, say whatever you want. I don't care. But you're still holding, you're still pretending to hold the mantle of like racial spokesperson. You right. know, I'm talking about like, uh, you know, the blue check Asians or whatever. I'm like mm-hmm. you're 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 basing your entire fucking life around being a spokesperson for me, and then you mm-hmm. say that shit. You know, I I just was like fucking mad. I was so fucking angry. I think when I look back, you know, I, we're all you know we all had a different experience. When I look back, I, I the thing I question is like why was I so angry? <laughs> <laughs> why was I so mad? Because I don't, you know, I see a lot of the, you know the same kind of shit. People talking dumb shit, people saying dumb shit on Twitter still. Every now and then you get one of these people who comes out and, you know, there's just a lot of like, what's, you know, how do I put this? There's a lot of people who just like shill for attention and they'll do it in really kind of gross ways. And, uh, you know, I want to get too into it because, you know, um, I don't. It's it's really not that interesting, but like they, I see people, frankly, go online and push buttons intentionally um, to get the attention of guys, and then try and start shit with guys, and solely for the purpose of gaining attention. You're saying these are women? Yeah. Okay. And and then they'll bring in other, you know, they're they're just really good at starting shit online and getting piss pissing off the right guys <laughs> to start shit, and then find themselves in hopefully in the middle of a storm where their name gets passed around a lot, and that's their way to clout online. And I don't know why they want that clout. I don't know what it's worth because it doesn't seem to be worth much money. But whatever it is, I see it, and I, I'm just like man, put all that shit back in the Pandora's box. Like not that all that stuff is just, just dumb. Like we need better. I, I guess what I'm like thinking now is like, if, 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 if we understood the, if we understood the world a little better and we had our own perspective as Asians in America, and I guess I don't want to say as Asian guys in America, because I think this is a viewpoint that can be shared. Uh, regardless of your gender. Um, I don't think we would be as triggered by this stuff. I don't think we would be as susceptible to being uh, trolled and manipulated into anger. And I think my problem back then was, um, you know, I didn't really have a strong point of view, an alternative point of view. I didn't know what my real disagreement was. I just knew that it pissed me off. But the problem Mm -hmm. was it pissed me off because I felt like I was being thrown off of a p a plot of land or something, you know, like a piece of territory that we were both fighting for, right? Which right, was the yeah. right to control this narrative, and yes. and then now when you get your head straight around it, you're like, I don't want that your little piece of land. I have a much I have access to much bigger shit than that little pathetic thing that you're trying to stand on right now. You know? Yeah, I, I think that that is the most critical. Uh, I'm very glad you said that. I think that is the most critical thing that I've also learned over these years and, you know, Philip and I, and, you know, other people have t- talked about it. I think the, I won't say it was like our problem. Cause I, I think I, a lot of the stuff I did with plan a that we did with plan a, I think of as 
you know, whatever. I mean, there's like, there's like some, you know, my own personal cringe moments I look at and I'm like, okay, but you know, I have no regrets. It was like, I, it couldn't have really worked out any other way. I all think of it as a process. So I won't say I like, I won't say I regret that we started at a certain point, but I think the, the thing that we started off as, yeah, we thought that there was that tiny little plot of land that, and we had to, Asian America or something. Called you know? Asian America, and we had to recon- seek reconciliation with with these other groups. I mean, we, we call them a lot of names. You know, we call them blue checks and stuff. That that term probably doesn't even. It's probably like a whole generation of people who don't even understand what that means now. But, and we had to seek reconciliation with them. We had to seek their approval. We had to constantly just appease them and and care what they thought. And after all this time has passed, the, the most liberating thing is, okay, um, they actually don't, they're right in that they don't owe us anything, but neither do we. And we don't have to, um, you know, just fuck them. Just, just like... They're, they're, they they're, they're, they're sitting on bullshit. They're, they have a bullshit claim on, on some piece of land that doesn't matter. Like, and, and that land is Asian American identity. And, right. um, and, and I know... Philip said that you 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 and and he had talked about this specifically, um, and and I was kind of he brought it up because I I think I was kind of repeating uh, some of the stuff that you guys had may have already talked about, but I was coming at it independently, which is like, you know, I, I think that that whole project and and the whole um, mindset that our our personal our lives like our personal lives you know like as our pe- as just people uh had to pass through and take root in this racial racialized fucking ghetto <laughs> a cultural ghetto called Asian America which was subtly but persistently beat into our heads since we were young, that this was a thing, that this mattered. And it felt obligatory, but it was, I think, effective brainwashing. And it wasn't until I decided to go deeper into the concept of it and interrogate it for myself and realize that it's actually, despite all of the you know the literature the education the activism all that complex which affects us more than we think it does even if you're not a participant in it it's there and it's telling you like what you're supposed to think and how not just about race but about yourself like it fundamentally starts from this weird cultural ghetto called asian american culture and identity uh and it's completely controlled by some of the dumbest people you'll ever meet and some right. of the shittiest people you'll ever meet. Right. And, uh, and the worst insult of it all is not that it's a ghetto because, Hey, if it's a ghetto, if we're all in together, so be it. And if our leaders are all dumb, whatever, but the, the most just vicious insult of it all is that the people at the top, the people kind of run your thing, uh think you're shit and you see it all the time uh, especially with like you know whether it's like the the harvard admissions case or you know when the kind of when the attacks on asians on the streets uh was at its worst 
And I think that is why the whole like, you know, the WMF issue was such, and, you know, it still continues to be such a strong issue because it's such a stark uh, manifestation of that, like this incongruous message of, yeah, you're a community, but um, the the leaders or the, the most kind of exalted members of the community don't really want anything to do with you at the at the most fundamental level and all of you you know both men and women because it's not like all asian women um think like this uh either have to be you know pom-pom waving cheerleaders or you're disgusting sacks of shit and you should just basically go in a corner and die or leave us alone and for us to consider that our culture is i mean that that was like was pissing me off for so long and it was more until like you realize you know what if that be, then so be it. I'm just walking away from this because fuck that. You can make that all you want, but fuck it if I'm going to devote any of my time and effort into enriching this culture. You know, I think um, the, the, the situation in, the, with COVID, um, things got, uh, the stakes went up and it was no yeah, longer... Definitely. It was no longer just about um, the, the 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 way that um, you know Asian like these sort of uh, lower stakes you know more adolescent type gripes, which I always by the way I I never look down on this right like I don't want people to think like I'm I'm making fun of this stuff I'm just saying let's face it the stakes were not particularly high I mean it does affect. The lives of young men, yes, it does. But it, the, the truth is, most other people are not going to care because it's not life and death, right? But yeah. with COVID came some life and death shit. And when we were looking at, you know, just brazen assaults on elderly Asians of all nationalities, right? Like, so this wasn't East, this, you know, when they try to divide us by skin color, which is the... Oh, the, the stupidest you know, shit. Yeah, ever. like, okay, you, you anti-racists are always trying to draw distinctions based on skin color. Okay, so I don't know what that's about, but that's your fetish. But it cut across that. It, it was all about elderly people. It wasn't young people and their dumb problems. It was like women in their 60s and 70s, right, getting killed or getting, you know, getting um, violently assaulted raped murder like all this shit like we saw it and the response i mean just as stupid as we would have expected you know when it when it came to this so it was kind of like mask off moment where i was like oh okay so this isn't just you know sophomoric uh disagreements over you know relative privilege like the narcissism of small differences as, as to whether asian guys or asian girls have you know it, like that that was uh you know, it, it's easy to look at that and say, oh, th th this is the point. But that now that we're talking about life and death and you guys are still saying the same dumb shit, I was like, okay, my anger is was justified. I, I felt really validated because I was like, I, I wasn't, see, it really wasn't about these little, I you know, this was not about nitpicking over little small differences uh, because I wanted my my piece of male privilege or whatever. No, like, y'all are sick. <laughs> and and then later when I started seeing, you know, that these kind of things were happening in other in other races, 
including white people, I was like, oh, I see. The reason I'm so fucking angry is because I am feeling, I think, something akin to to class resentment and class anger. I was like, I don't, you know, like I am opposed to the class mentality here. Like, and then I, and then I was like, wait, so I should have been angry all along, right? Like I was like, there is such a deep class element to this, you know, like the way that you always look down on poor immigrants, it just so happens, you know, like that, that they're always doing the wrong thing in your eyes. You know what I mean? And the Asian guys who can't fit in as well to, you know, in your particular stupid little elite circle of media people or whatever, because they, the only reason they want to let Asian people in is because they want to like sexually them. harass them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's class-based resentment. Right. So I was like, a lot of this is not only is it real, but I should be angry about this. I should have, you know, uh, a deep sort of disgust at this, but I need a reason. Because this whole thing about the Asian WMF thing, like, it just wasn't enough. It's just not enough to matter, um, and to just and to really give you that sense of like righteous anger. Because it's just it's not it's not enough. But when I started seeing it with the way that they were talking down to, let's not even talk about the hate crime stuff, but let's talk about the way that they wanted to close the doors on Asian kids because. They thought that Harvard and all these elite schools should have the right to mark down the personality scores of Asian people. And you were, you're okay with that. And you want to shut down the educational, you know, sort of like lifeline granted to these poor immigrant communities. And you are an Asian American studies sociologist professor. I'm like, went to those schools or yeah. got an honorary degree or is employed by them. Yeah, yeah. absolutely no confidence. Fuck you. There. Fuck you. And then we were all being lectured about how we have to stand with we we have to stand up with other minorities. And now what are they saying anything about Muslim students on campus? Nope, they're not saying shit. Because their jobs are on the line. Their funding is on the line. It, so they're not saying anything about Muslim students right now. So uh, you know, fuck all of them, and I'm right, and they're wrong. We're <laughs> on the right side. They're fuckheads because they only care about themselves. And we knew this all along, but you know, honestly, I think we had to just keep our eyes open and watch things develop. And you know, when we started this in 2016, like well, because Trump got elected, we thought that that was a big deal. That was like the beginning. That was like barely the beginning of anything. <laughs> You know, no, like we got four so years much. of good, excellent comedy. That's yeah, what we got. Exactly. Um, you know, the, 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 personally, I'm so glad we did uh, Plan A because I, you know, I always felt like there was just, was something, just something deeply wrong with the way that some of these people were talking to us as the community that they pretended or, that they claim to represent and speak for and that they had quote our best interests in mind. And I took a closer look at what they're saying and I'm like, motherfuckers. Okay. First of all, the group I have here, the group that we've got together, we're better educated than you. Like we, we actually have uh, all of, all of the access and all of the knowledge that you claim uh, is your sort of like distinguishing trait. 
right? We're better educated. We know more. We've we've had all of the fucking experience that you think set you apart. And I still, you know, I still have not been able to brainwash myself to the level that you have. And, you know, I felt like uh, we had a good group going because we were all exquisitely educated. We all had all of the uh, life experiences that could have, that would have made it um, plausible for us to take on the personality that some of these people have. And we didn't do it. And instead, we decided to take a critical view of what was going on. And then I thought, that's really important in a way, to have a critical culture. Not one where we're just like, you know, just just fucking, you know, spouting off whatever needs to be said in order to, you know, further our own interests or, or uh, manage our own social insecurities or whatever. But to actually step back and intellectually, you know, apply ourselves to what was going on and, and actually treat it with some level of respect. And, you know, now I feel like I've got a pretty good hand. I, I felt like we came out of that where I personally feel like I have a pretty good handle, I think, on what's actually going on. And I feel quite free from all this shit. I don't, you know, I know what to care about and what not to care about. And a lot of people, you know, they're trying to start shit or they're trying to start the whole thing up again or they're just trying to peddle the same bullshit. And I'm like, no one's going to buy it. I know exactly what's going to happen to you. It's not worth it. Like, I'm not. Wait, you mean Asian Americans like yeah. on Twitter? Yeah, on Twitter or, you know, same mm-hmm. old shit in the media. I, I, you know, I, I mean, I still lurk Twitter, but it's like my, my feed is now so like sports dominated i don't see a lot of this stuff anymore i mean every now and then stuff will come out like uh you know um some people who shall not be named because they, they might threaten us if if, if uh <laughs> you know what i'm talking about but i don't i, it, I don't actually oh <laughs> uh, okay yeah. B- better off then like i you know there's that one one woman she um buys you or whatever she'll always like post some like cringy self-hating Asian woman or something. And I'm like, like, why, why do you do this? It's like, it, it's gotta be some weird, like masochistic desire at this point. I, I, I wish she would just kind of give it up. I, I don't know how many other more accounts like that are there. I mean, there's certainly far fewer than, you know, when we were most active on Twitter or at least when I was most active, but uh, I'm kind of curious who whom you're talking about when you say they're trying to starting to start shit. Yeah, I talked. I mean, I I mentioned one of the accounts uh, on the pod with um, Philip. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I know that. I, I've seen yeah. I've seen that a few times. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm pretty sure others. that's a troll. I'm pretty sure that's a troll account. I don't know. I just yeah, whatever it is. Account. But it's it's always the same stuff. It's like this. These it, there's an exhibitionism to it. There's a desire to get a certain kind of prurient male interest, and then. Once they, you get the tiger by the tail, like you could just manipulate the shit out of that attention or whatever, and you know, well, yeah, because that's the Asian American role is is the whore or the eunuch. So you know, you can be one or the other. So if you can play the whore, you you'll go ahead. Um, yeah, you know. exactly. And I, and I just feel like the whole the last few years in having to confront things of much greater importance or much greater impact, you know, like actual you know things that matter a lot more than these stupid adolescent insecurities um 
you know, I think that that has given a path for people to like mature and actualize to a degree that wasn't possible if you're supposed to just be solipsistic about, you know, your just your yourself and your 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 own dating life and sex life and all this shit that it's like, dude, none of that's <laughs> It's just like obsessing over that is not the path, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, it's um, just not the path, man. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, I always there's a thing I always think about, like you know, when we were really mucking it up with the likes of, you know, like Celesting, and you know, mainly 2018. I always think of this like alternate universe where, what if we like really hit back at her? What if we were just like, this is gonna be our thing. We're gonna like. I don't know about you, but I was certainly like holding back. I was like worried, you know, you know, cause like, you know, she's a somebody and, and I'm a nobody. So what the hell can I do? But what if I was like, fuck it, this is good. I'm going to make my name being, being like her, like harasser or whatever. I was thinking about what, what that might've happened because, you know, at the time it was, it was like, uh, you know, she she was like so far above us, and then you know we find out she like um, is a kidney stealer or whatever. So then you know th- that that will happen. But you know, then then I also think like that was such a particular era of you know that whole like identity politics thing, which you know increasingly as as you know time has gone on, I'm just like yeah yeah that's I don't think that's really it. But I think there was like all at the back of our minds, we kind of knew this was, this wasn't our, this wasn't the thing we wanted to make our names on. This wasn't the thing we wanted to have define ourselves. And uh, definitely for me, I, I, I thought I saw it more as just like, like working things out. We, there's like a place I want to get to. I think I know what it is. I'm not entirely sure, but I know this is not it. So I don't want to put all my eggs in this basket. And, you know, I, I, I see, you know, I, I know of like certain people from that era when, you know, that Trump era identity politics thing was at its height. You know, they were they were real big then. And just like, yeah, in 2023, though, what's what's next for them? And, you know, you've probably felt the same way. But, you know, uh, for for me, this whole year has been and you really like the last couple of years has been just looking at, you know, what's next? What can we take from what we've learned the last few years because certainly we're not at wherever we're all supposed to be at as a group or as individuals but um there is we move past a certain thing i think so what is this next thing and it's like it's interesting to figure out but it's also like when we started planning i felt like we we did it worked out so well for us because we had spent all this time, I mean, at least me for most of my, at least like adolescent and beyond life thinking about this. And there was like this structure that was just waiting for us to just land on it, which was, you know, I would say 20-ish maybe years of just this hidden online Asian American discourse that never really had a place to come together, but whether it was on Reddit or Twitter uh, there was finally like a central space where everyone could come and and duke it out, and that happened. And we came at the right time to do it. Now I I don't know. It's like no, I don't think anybody knows what's going on anymore, and we're all trying to figure it out. And that that makes it exciting, 
is liberating in a way, but it's also, I do miss the kind of certainty we felt uh, back then. Yeah, well, you know, uh, I think that if we're going to sit here and talk about how, you know, corrupt the idea of Asian American culture and identity is, uh, well, if you feel like we've succeeded in, uh, at least in ourselves, moving past the limits of that idea, I mean, that would, to me, sound like, uh, you know, that that would be the result is like, well, then what's next? Because if that's gone, then then if it's truly gone, see, that's the, that's the, you know, maybe the question that you're, you're wrestling with is like, okay, if the, if, is it, am I still trying to reform? Am I still trying to take that territory for as, as my own or, or am I truly, do do, do I truly no longer believe in that idea? Because if you truly no longer believe in the idea, then the question is like, okay, well then, what does that mean in terms of being an Asian person in America? Like then, then what is there? Are are you just now like part of the bigger world? (laughs) And, and see, in a way, I feel like that is actually the step towards a kind of assimilation though. I I think people use the term assimilation in the wrong way. I think we always pointed to that as being class ascension and you know, a particular kind that was more, let's go seek out the places that are really white right now, because the thing that we're supposed to do is insert ourselves into proper white society, that kind of thing. I think that's, those are really bogus and um, outdated if, if they were ever appropriate, but like, you know, that's not what's going on. I think that, I think that the notion of assimilation probably has to do with destroying some of these mental limits that are placed on us through the idea of, you know, being Asian American or whatever. And yeah, it's just, you're just out in the world now, you know, but like there's a great line from a a movie, which I recommend to people. It's called bad day at black rock, which is like one of the best quote Asian American Mm -hmm. films, which doesn't have any Asian actors in it at all. (laughs) Damn, never. Oh, you're saying it's like spiritually Asian American. No, it's actually Asian American because it is about um, Spencer Tracy. um, Oh damn, that's old. Yo, it's very old. Yeah. It's a film noir. Uh, it, it's film noir era. I think it's a bit of a mix between a Western and a noir. And he goes to investigate the death of a friend of his, a Japanese American farmer who was a really good friend of his. Uh, and uh, I think they served together in world war two. I think that was the thing. And he mm-hmm. goes to this, you know, podunk town in the South Southwest somewhere. And turns out that, you know, his friend had been murdered by a lynch mob. And so Spencer Tracy goes to this town to seek revenge. And because there's, you know, that because the uh, protagonist is not Asian, he actually goes and just like dispenses justice with his gun, you know? (laughs) And uh, there's a great line in it though. And it's a very simple line. And it's, uh, I believe he, he's in a verbal Spencer Tracy, I think is in a sort of in a verbal fight with someone at a bar. And he says that a man is only as big as what gets him mad. And I thought Mm -hmm. that was a really good line. Because it's kind of true. And I think that was the thing that was like kind of motivating me at the beginning when we started deciding to say, oh, let's put a little effort and take this seriously. Because I was like, why does this shit make me so mad? And I will say, I knew for a fucking fact that Asian guys established Asian guys, guys with families, married guys, 
um, guys in their 50s, Asian-American. Uh, first generation, second generation, the whole gamut. They all got really mad about this stuff too, but they just like put it away. But if it ever came up, and those rare instances when it came up, you could tell that it was still very sensitive spot for them to see the prevalence of WMF couples, to see the the sort of sneering attitude that that culture had towards Asian men, blah, blah, blah. They were still very sensitive about it. It made them mad. Right, because it's uh, it just mocking you to your face yeah and you gotta like take you it. are you gotta take it you're you're yeah. a lesser being and you can't even voice anything about it because we're gonna take all the kind of like all the weak spots about being asian especially asian american male and we're gonna leverage that against you because we have the, the kind of social access you, you that you don't yeah, and I, I, well, I think what has changed more, and, and not only that, time. and not only that, but if you have a problem with it, that's on you, right? right? That's on you. The only reason that you're mad is because you couldn't get what I got, and the reason I took this seriously was because. Or, or, or wait, wait, I, I want to. Okay, no, go ahead. There, there's a little thing I want to say. No, no, that. go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say the thing that pissed me off the most when, uh, you, you know, you, you got the kind of like. Yeah, yeah. Just think of the most just annoying type of, uh, you know, WF type of Asian woman. What they would say to Asian guys is not is not. Oh, you know what? If you like shaped up and you know shipped up or whatever, uh, maybe you could get yourself a white girl. They never said that. They would say, oh, if you just improve yourself, maybe you could get an Asian girl. That was just such fucking narcissistic bullshit. That was like pissing me. I was like, first of all, like most Asian guys, they will get with an Asian girl. It's not that, you know, hard or, or rare for that. The the anger came from, there is this promise in America, which corny as it sounds, we all on some level believe in, which is, you know, diversity is our strength. You, you come to America because you get to meet all sorts of people. You get to, you know, indulge in this, you know, multicultural experience of, all these different flavors and and points of view and, and whatever. And for, as you as an Asian guy, to be denied that because, quite frankly, uh, we don't want you because you're, insert reasons, you're like boring or ugly or weird or awkward or whatever. And and then only take the, the select few women who, you know, kind of basically make a social calculation where it's like, okay, I can kind of like talk shit about my own people. That's going to kind of cost me, but the benefit I get from being invited, you know, both literally and figuratively figuratively to these parties outweighs that I'm going to make that for you to have to like take it and celebrate them as the faces of your community. I mean, that was like, it doesn't matter if, you personally, I don't know, fuck like a hundred blonde cheerleaders or whatever. That does not change the fact that you live in that society. That's why these guys, no matter who they're married to, no matter how successful they are, it will, you know, it still bugs them, and it, it should because you you're not being able to talk about the glaring truth in in your face. Right. Well, then the problem to me, from my perspective, was if you take that 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 
quote that line seriously that you're only as big as a man is only as big as what gets him mad means that the 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 amount of sensitivity and anger that I saw around this stuff uh was acting as a limiting factor in the development in their development as as adults yeah, because for sure. they they were trapped into thinking stupid ideas as a form of cope and um they they and and, and the thing that really bothered me was that it started really distorting their political views and they became very much these sort of striver types to say like, okay, well, I'm going to personally overcome this by showing you that I'm like a better man. You know, I'm more successful. I'm more jacked. I'm, you know, I, I've achieved hotter women than, you know, like whatever. Like they were building an identity that was almost like you're just, it's just scar tissue. <laughs> you know, like this isn't, you're not freely developing you know, like you're 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 just reacting. You're this is all a cope. You're not free. You know, you're only as big as what gets you mad. And this made everyone mad. Everyone was mad about this. It was without fail. Asian guys in America understood exactly what this was about, and it made them mad. And therefore I knew I was like, this is putting a cap on the development of Asian guys everywhere in all stratums. Including myself. And including people older than me. Including people I'm supposed to be looking up to. But I don't. I don't have... That's the other thing. I was like, I don't have any old... There's no older Asian guys for me to look up to. Because they're all capped by this. Or they're they're like, they've somehow just willfully turned a blind eye to it. But that didn't work. Because that it capped them. Because because it still made them mad. And so they just avoided it, and it, it became distorted because there's places they couldn't go, things they couldn't think. Think, you know, like it, and so, and I could sit, still smell the resentments on them, the right, residual right. effects of all this stuff. And I was like, "This is not. Uh, this is too stupid. To, you know, this is too dumb. To have this outsize of an effect on an entire." fucking race of men in America. Like, this is not good. And, uh, not to mention that it also had effects on women. It just, we didn't, that was really not talked about. Because, can you explain? Well, because everyone was only talking about this little select group of Asian women that all these guys were lusting after, but they, those women didn't want them. They wanted white dudes. And everyone was mad at those women, but those women were a tiny group of women. And nobody cared about anyone else. They just talked about this group of women, right? So everyone was like just revolving around this thing. And I was like, this is dumb. This is like so not representative of who we are. And everyone's obsessing over this. Okay. So First, I will say, I think sometimes they were lusting after him. Like, you know, you, you take your like celebrity types. But I mean, uh, let's be honest. There, there are certain like blue check types. I won't name names. Nobody's lusting after those types. Yet these guys are still obsessed with them. But I fully agree with you, and, and it reminded me of some, something I wanted to talk about is that's the trap with this, you know, we were talking about this like tiny territory and, and these, you know, kind of like either self-appointed or, or outside appointed, you know, leaders and in the vanguard of, of the Asian American community. It's all a trap because the more we talk about this, the more we obsess over this, 
the more everything revolves around them. Uh, everything revolves around either getting their approval or staying out of their bad graces, etc. And as you and I talked about, the most liberating thing is realizing that actually it's it's not all about you. We're just going to go do our own thing. And th- this is something I've, I've talked a lot about with Philip. And it's, again, it, it, as I said, the, the most infuriating thing I, w- I would hear from these types of people is, you know, like, oh, maybe if you just, you know, if you just improve yourself, then basically you could get me. As if everything revolved around her. And it's like, and that's the, the supreme narcissism of this whole like WNF culture. But it worked. The, but it, it, worked. worked. It, worked, it worked for a long time. Because uh, we think, were subscribing to the same bourgeois values as they were. And we had the same aspirations. The only reason that we disagreed was because we couldn't get it. Right? And so this was a much deeper... I realized that this was a, a very deep... This was a very like thorny situation. This was not an easy situation to deal with. And right. I, I felt like this was a really meaningful puzzle to me. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, this is actually a worthy problem because this has more to do. This has, this goes, it is a very deep problem masquerading as a very shallow problem is mm-hmm. how is, is kind of like what I was feeling. Yeah. I, I, w- I want to get out what you said about that. We were aspiring for their same values. I don't even have a problem with that. So long as if you do aspire for those same values, Hey, if you aspire for, full-on assimilation into some non-Asian circle, then then actually go for it. But I think the problem, especially with a lot of these guys who may or may not have aspired for those, is we even lack the confidence to try for that. So I think at least half of us are fooling ourselves into thinking we we actually uh, asp- we honor Asian culture. I, like, I've seen some of the dumbest shit posts on on you know some of this red where like oh the difference between uh, Asian men and Asian women is that or Asian American men that is and Asian American women is that Asian American men actually value Asian culture such as taking off our fucking shoes when we go indoors. I'm like that is your understanding of Asian culture. Like that is you're not protecting culture. You're you're scared to go outside your little safe zone. And you resent uh, certain types of Asian women who can do it. And if you really uh, were true to yourself, you would not even care about what those women did because you would just be doing the mirror equivalent of what they're doing. And but they I would don't, not even, but, they but okay, not even okay, register okay, on your okay, radar. But I'm saying that uh, I don't... I mean, I agree that's dumb. <laughs> but, the, you know... I do think that the way you're describing that veers back into the same kind of condescension towards those guys that I felt was a problem in the first place. And the reason why I find this tricky is I agree with you that it's kind of pathetic, but the reasons why, how Asian guys, how did we find ourselves in that situation in the first place? I don't, I never wanted to treat that and dismiss that as a stupid problem that was the result of your own patheticness. It's a deep problem. It just it, it just manifests itself, itself in very pathetic, trite ways that probably nobody cares about. But if you really take a look at like what the larger forces are in play, 
uh, it's a deeper problem, but it's not a personal problem. It's like a kind of overarching political problem and social problem that's everywhere. It's not just Asian guys. It's everyone subject to their own either racialized or not unracialized form of this. And it's always like that. It's always like that where a certain class of people, you know, just are completely trampled on everything they say and do is wrong. And in order to fully wrap my head around this, you know, I realized like, Oh, my, the fact that I get angry about this stuff is just a sign. It's just a signal that there are things that I just don't, I didn't understand. Uh, not even about myself, but about the society I live in. Uh, and not just Asian America, but America. And um, that my way of reacting to that um, was not to, quote, change things, was not to, um, you know, um, fight against the things that they said I couldn't do or whatever. But, like, really reform my, like, open my eyes to um, what kind of society I really was living in. And then realizing, like, all those problems that are, are, are presented as these huge obstacles, like, it's all kind of, in a way, intentional. And it's meant to block people's sort of advancement and maturity and development. Because they don't want you to, to advance and mature and develop. You know, they want you banging your head against the wall all day. Uh, and and um, that's that's kind of where I guess I, uh, you know, I, I find myself now is trying to, uh, yeah, r- r- I mean, right now on this pod, is, is trying to draw the thread between where I think I was and where I am now. Because honestly, like, you know, I'm not, I, I have no interest in, I never really had a strong interest, but I think that stuff did make me mad, but it doesn't make me mad anymore. It just fits my expectations. I'm like, ah, that's exactly what I expected them to say. <laughs> Do you know, does, mm-hmm. does that make sense? Like you kind of just like, no, you're like, oh yeah, of course someone said that. Right. Um, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, the yeah, in terms of like the the kind of like basically the kind of mental like I will look, I will never the thing I won't do, I will not draw the picture of a uh, uh you know, I will not draw the archetype of the pathetic loser Reddit Asian guy who brings it all upon himself. I won't do that. And I, I don't think that's the problem. Now, are there people who are kind of like that? Sure. But in a way, I think that those people are kind of entrapped in a system that's meant to turn them into that. They're, they're supposed to be like that. And the more we dunk on them, you know, the more they're sort of trapped in that thing. And they can't sort of liberate themselves and and sort of see the bigger picture of what's going on in their life and who where they are and who they are. And uh and so I I just don't I don't want to I don't want to say like, 
oh yeah, you know, we pulled ourselves up by our own bootstraps and transcended the loser identity of your online Reddit Asian guy. I never saw it that way, and I'll never characterize it that way. I agree that they're that if they find themselves there, that is because the like the grooved tracks of society led them there. It wasn't as if they fell off a, a path of higher um, destiny or no. They, they were meant to be funneled in there, and you really have to fight to not end up there. But I mean, there are. It's not an impossible trap to get out of, from my view and my experience. And there are certain types, and and the problem is those types. If you're not that type, you will not stay there long. You know, you you'll you you will. But you will of... no. But here's the thing: you will carry a piece of that with you everywhere. Yeah, Meaning, I carry that. I carry yeah, a piece of that. Yeah, and I, will, I never, I never posted in those places. But yeah, I definitely carry a piece of that. I definitely sympathize with that. But it's also like there are, there is a certain type of person who will revel in misery when there's plenty of examples of people who can opt out of that. And I thought, you know, personally, I thought a lot of Asian guys who, who, who had the who thought that they were beyond that we're fucking trapped in that shit too a lot of people we knew and their 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 essential identity was trapped in orbit around um a sort of gendered racialized archetype often of a woman that they just couldn't get out of their heads and their entire lives and identity started to revolve around that and Okay, maybe they weren't loser posting on Reddit or whatever the fuck, but it was no different. And their their free will was just as impinged upon in my right, but my, sense. but my point is it's fine to struggle with that. I mean, I've struggled with that and but it's I'm, not. I'm still it's, struggling it's, with that. It's limiting. And it's it's uh right, no, I mean, it's definitely limiting, but at the very least, um remove yourself from being so orbiting around that idea that you can't even get out like you have you're basically in a black hole who are you like, talking at least... to though? who are you talking to these loser asian reddit people because i guess my point is like unless i unless there's an actual because i'm thinking of a, of people i know right but like i just i i am trying my hardest to avoid not trying my hardest i just won't do it i just don't believe in this archetype of the loser asian male you know, because like everyone trades in that fucking archetype, and you know the the, the idea of, of like, well, you know who they are, you know these guys. I don't, I don't know these guys. That is a fucking idea and an archetype that we are all taught to believe in, and it is an integral part of this Asian American construct that is complete bullshit. That person, that archetype does not exist. It's a, it's just pure, it's made up. And uh, if you go on, you know, I just don't. I'm not going to speak to that because that's not the way out. The way out is not to identify Loserville and be like, don't make it population you. That's not the, that's not the problem. You know what I mean? Because that, that starts giving people the idea that so long as I'm not loser Asian archetype guy, then I'm, I'm okay. I've made progress. Because I know a lot of people who are very successful, who have achieved a lot in life, who are fucking mental... Mentally entrapped in that shit, just as bad, 
as the guy who's shit posting on 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 Reddit or whatever. I would I don't right, know. But what's I going think on that there. is an encouraging point for these guys because I no I I partially agree with you that this is a which, boogeyman. Which, which, by the way, do you think we should stop here and then just like make the rest of this a bonus because we're at an hour? Oh. Uh, maybe yeah. yeah i mean I, I i could i could go on for for a bit so yeah. okay so should, right. we'll, okay. We'll, we'll call it here and then oh, sure. um so yeah so we'll yeah, you uh, you better pay up for for the patreon if yeah you want the bonus yeah this ain't this ain't charity <laughs> <laughs>